Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. AgriPod is brought to you by Smart Nutrition Map plus MST. Soil is your most powerful machine. On this episode, farmers across Western Canada have received or are awaiting results of their soil tests in order to make important decisions about fertilizer for the year ahead. Canola Council of Canada agronomy specialist Warren Ward says without soil testing, producers are guessing how much nutrients are in the soil and how much fertilizer is needed to hit target yields. Warren will explain how soil sampling is the starting point of good nutrient management. The driving force of the agriculture industry is the resilient, hardworking and dedicated individuals along the value chain who produce high-quality, safe food that feeds the world. As we become more urbanized, it becomes increasingly important for farmers to connect with consumers and teach the public about modern agriculture. Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan Executive Director Clinton Monchuk will talk about how Agriculture Month offers an opportunity to engage and build trust. Clinton is also a farmer, and he's going to share with us what this growing season has been like on his family farm near Lanigan, Saskatchewan. After the break, Warren Ward. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. As canola producers are winding up their harvest operations, many will be looking ahead to the fields that they'll be seeding next year. Canola Council of Canada agronomy specialist Warren Ward is with us. And Warren, we're certainly looking at an important time of the year for soil sampling. It is uh, as we as we finish harvest that tends to be a, a, a fall task that, that generally has some some good returns and you know this year more than most I think there's going to be uh, some higher demand for soil testing and trying to understand what nutrients are left over in the soil following the the growing season that presented us with a lot of challenges that that led to some lower than expected yields so I think there's an opportunity to uh, to see what's available in the soil and, and start um, tweaking our plans for next year based on that. So what is the best explanation? Did some fertilizer simply not activate this year due to the dry conditions? Yeah, you know, with, with fertilizers in particular, um, there's uh, it's not that they wouldn't be activated, but just the plant growth wasn't there to utilize it. So um, the way we'd like to account for that is to uh, go in there and do some soil testing and, and see what's available. Um, and you know, there's a number of different ways that a person can go about that. And I, I like to think about this in the in uh, with regards to four R nutrient management. So those four R's again being the right source at the right rate at the right time in the right place. And soil sampling really is the the backbone in my mind of of getting the right rate for next year. So by going in there testing now, we'll know what's available. And then uh, if we've got our yield target for next year we'll know what difference we need, and that difference is the amount of fertilizer that we'll have to apply to achieve next year's yield. So let's talk about the soil sampling, and how does a producer get one done? Um, can they do it themselves, send it to the lab, or, or do they hire a professional to handle it for them? You could you could go either route with that. Um, you know, it, there's a little bit of sampling equipment required for it, and, and I would suggest that most uh, most soil sampling is done by an agronomist of some sort. So uh, a farmer could either contact their, their retail, which sometimes will provide that as a service, or uh, or an agronomist who they're working with could also do that. And um, they, 
the nice thing about that is they they'll have uh, they'll know what they're doing and, and be able to do a good job of it. And I guess having the discussion with with whoever's doing the sampling ahead of time so that you set the expectations of what you want to get out of it. There's a few different soil sampling methods. You know, there's the composite sample where you've got one sample to represent the entire field. Um, and if you wanted to go with a little bit more in-depth and uh, start thinking about zones within the field and, and managing those zones individually, you know, there's a few more samples required based on however many zones you pick. And those zones will be based, again, on, on productivity and yield potential. And then uh, once you get the results from those zones, that would, would probably lead into uh, a variable rate fertilizer application discussion. So those zones, you know, there could be... Uh, different zones in a field this year compared to other years just based on on uh, how much nutrient is left over within those zones there could also be just based on the yield potential of those zones so there's maybe a few more factors in play than normal and i think that's one of the reasons that uh, that soil testing this year is going to be uh, a very important step so when is the best time to get that soil sample done Ideally, we like to go as close to freeze up as possible. And the reason for that is once that soil cools down, the biological activity slows down within the soil and you don't see changes in nutrient levels. Uh, if you go too early or, you know, if you go early and then you have warm weather and, and, and some rains come in, you can see those nutrient levels change a little bit. So if you want the best picture possible for what's going to be available in the spring, we'll do that as close to freeze up as possible. That being said, logistics can become a challenge, and, and as I mentioned before, you know, quite often it's uh, some agronomy professionals out there doing the work, and, and they can uh, only do so many fields right before freeze-up. So I, I would suggest uh, any time now up until freeze-up would be, would be a good time, and, and really, I would, uh, I would, yeah, I'd much rather soil test now than not at all, even if the soils are still just a little bit warmer than we would like. And is there any particular field that they should be taking samples from, from any particular crop? Well, certainly I like to see anything that's being seeded to canola uh, having, having that done. But, um, you know, from a, from a farm management practice, I, I think doing the more fields you can do, the better. Because it will give you, uh, you know, there's going to be variability from one field to another. And as we mentioned with zones, even within field, there's going to be variability. So... So having a, the best picture possible of what's happening in your fields means you know, the more samples, the better. You know, one other thing that a person might want to use soil sampling for, and this year was maybe good for highlighting it, was that some of that variability that we don't normally see in a field was showing up this year. Now, whether that's due to something like salinity or uh, soil variability or landscape position, there's a lot of different things that can account for that. But a soil test can help help uh, point some of those factors out if we you know look at the the, the salinity numbers, for instance, or even even soil type itself. So any final thoughts, Warren? Just that uh, if producers are interested in doing some soil sampling, I would, uh, again, talk with a, with a professional agronomist on that. And uh, as, as part of that, too, there is the 4R Nutrient Management Program that's, uh, that's conducted through Fertilizer Canada, where uh, if you're working with a 4R designated agronomist, they can also have your your acres accounted into that program. So uh, just, uh, I think it's a, it's a process that benefits the farm and then we can show the, uh, the wider industry that uh, we are doing responsible management practices with our, with our fertilizer as well. 
Warren Ward is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada, and he's based in eastern Saskatchewan. After the break, Clint Monchuk with Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan shares why it's important for farmers, ranchers, and industry professionals to share the good news stories surrounding agriculture. And he's also going to talk about his personal story of the 2021 growing season and harvest on his farm. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Agriculture Month is proclaimed each October as the industry works together to tell their food story through campaigns, events, and programming. Clint Monchuk is the Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. Clint, uh, you've said that these interactions are really important and they're intended to help people better understand just how farmers and ranchers raise their animals and grow their crops, but also engaging in what you've described as authentic conversations with people from around the province. This is one thing that uh, the government of Saskatchewan has always done, uh, declares October as Agriculture Month, and it really gives us an opportunity to just kind of celebrate things in, in our agriculture community. And I know this has not been the greatest year for majority who work as, as farmers or ranchers here in this province, but that being said, there is things that we can celebrate, and, and one that... Um, we're promoting uh, with farm and food care is the resiliency of, of farmers and ranchers here in this province and and really encouraging them and other consumers or just the general public to get on social media and, and talk about whether the food they're eating tonight or, or coming close to Thanksgiving, some of the, the um, celebrations that they're having using the hashtag celebrate egg or even the farmers and ranchers talking a little bit about how they produce food and, and try and have some of that engagement with others that are out there to let them know the care that they do put into growing food in this province. Now, it, it has certainly been a tough year for a lot of farmers and ranchers, but there are always things to celebrate. So can you imagine thinking back even 20 years, how our value-added industry has grown and continues to grow? And, and I guess that certainly is something that we can be celebrating this fall posted a video just the other day talking we were loading out some of our canola on our farm in Lanigan and and just saying you know back when I was a teenager there were really no crushers to be seen anywhere and and uh, the fact is that you know the Yorkton area has crushers we have a crusher outside of Saskatoon there's more in the works it's it's a great opportunity now um, on the canola side and, and numerous other sides whether it's pulse or cereals um, that we're doing more of that processing here in this province and it just it creates more activity with with uh, um, locals to work at those uh, plants and it just creates more wealth for the province period so it really is something that we can celebrate here in this province. With 2021 being a tough growing season for many farmers it leads right into the res- resiliency part of uh, celebrating agriculture month. I was uh, combining with with my dad uh, this harvest and talking about how this is probably the worst crop we've had uh, for decades and uh, the thing is that it kind of is one of those things that makes you realize that 
it's out of your control and and you have to do the best you can and and there still are things that we can look at on a day-to-day -day basis on our farms and ranches and and uh, be proud of what we do have and and like you said the, the resiliency of of getting through this and looking forward to what lies ahead in 2022. So we have Agriculture Month uh, every October, and I'm sure that Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan and lots of organizations have uh, a lot of activities planned during the month. So we'll talk about uh, what what are some of the things that are going on to celebrate Agriculture Month. If people are interested, uh, we do have a photo contest with prizes online. If you go to our website, farmfoodcaresk.org, um, just go under the uh, events section for Agriculture Months, and there's kind of like an online submission that you can do for different picks uh, that you have of either food and farming, and there's some categories there. Uh, great prizes, and uh, anybody can enter. Now, Clint, you're also a farmer, and you touched on on the disappointing production this year. Maybe tell us more about the year that you had on your farm and give us a sense of what you were able to produce this year. We were looking at about 50 to 60 percent of our normals for the area in terms of yield. Um, so it, it was kind of a tough pill to swallow. I know some uh, in Saskatchewan that I've talked to have considerably lower yields uh, than what we had and some had not so bad yields. So um, when you kind of look at the the aggregate across, uh, it, it looks like it was a pretty poor year for uh, uh grain production, oilseed production, and uh, uh, definitely a tough time for ranchers, too, trying to get enough feed for their cattle. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's one thing that you we talk about sometimes, some of these, these tough years, and I think it'll be remembered as 2021, the, the year we hope we don't have again for, for quite a few more decades. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what type of crops did you grow this year? On our farm, uh, we seed every year about 3,700 acres uh, of land, and, and then we have some, some pasture land and, and bush and, and uh, low areas as well that we can't seed. But uh, we've really diversified our, our operation in terms of uh, crops. So uh, we plant every year canola, uh, wheat, barley, oats. Uh, this last year we had rye, and we also have pulse uh, peas in the rotation as well. So um, we're trying to do our, the the best we can to kind of diversify some of our risk and, and just change up our crops. And I think this year it, it proved to be beneficial because some of the crops did a little bit better than others and, and uh, some of them that uh, typically were good uh, cash crops on our farm did not do so well. So um, it's just one of those things where we're trying to uh, – you know, change things up uh, agronomically and, and uh, kind of diversify what we're doing. But um, we're really looking forward to next year. In fact, I've already seeded a uh, half section of, of fall rye, and uh, we're looking, to, looking forward to see what that does for next year as well. So the good thing was that harvest wrapped up early, which is unusual, but that's not necessarily a good thing, is it? Correct, yeah. We, we would have finished harvesting um, around the second week of September. So uh, in our books in the Lanigan area, that's almost unheard of. It, it happens uh, once every 20 or 30 years. And uh, usually when that happens, it's not a good thing. So, <laughs> But uh, again, it, it's, uh, we kind of, we sign up for it. We understand that there are good years and bad years and, and we just look forward for the years to come that are better. 
everyone is encouraged to celebrate their connection to food and food production through the theme hashtag Celebrate Egg. Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, in collaboration with industry partners, will be sharing their food stories and encourage the public to learn about modern agriculture throughout the month of October. This is the Agriculture News Roundup for the week of October 4th, 2021. A vaccine candidate has been found that will block the spread of African swine fever virus. The USDA's vaccine has been shown to prevent and effectively protect both European and Asian bred swine against the current circulating Asian strain. Newly published USDA research showed scientists have developed a vaccine with the ability to be commercially produced while still maintaining its efficacy against Asian ASF strains when tested in both European and Asian breeds of swine. The findings also show that a commercial partner can replicate experimental level results and prevent the spread of the virus. Saskatchewan hog producers are facing higher feed costs and said they need some government help to maintain current breeding herd numbers. Pork prices were good over the summer but are heading for a fall and winter seasonal decline. The cost of feed has risen 50 to 60 percent during the drought, according to Mark Ferguson, general manager of Sask Pork. There are approximately 100,000 sows in the province. Ferguson said a $6.6 million program with an initial and final payment would help maintain the provincial hog herd. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan has created a task force to prepare its recommendations for the federal government's next policy framework. The consultations will result in a new five-year federal-provincial agricultural funding agreement, which will begin 2023. APAS President Todd Lewis says the task force will consult with producers, other agricultural stakeholders and government officials to develop priorities based on its research. The provincial and federal governments are expected to finalize the shared policy direction statement this fall and begin discussions on the details of the program's design. Controversy may be brewing around a new genetically modified wheat developed in Argentina, resistant to drought and ammonium glufosinate. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting Ventures said Brazilian flour millers are threatening to stop buying wheat from Argentina if GMO wheat imports are approved officially. Oat prices have been reaching record highs. Scott Shields with Grain Miller said the reason is straightforward, drought-driven lower production. Shields expects new crop 2022 contracts to be relatively high, considering that the 2021 crop is 60% of what is considered a normal year's production. Maple Leaf Foods is expanding its production of pre-cooked microwavable bacon. The company completed construction of a $182 million expansion at its Winnipeg Prepared Meats plant, specifically increasing its bacon production capacity. The Bacon Centre of Excellence within Maple Leaf is striving to meet the growing customer and consumer demand in the pre-cooked bacon market. The company will add 350 new positions, bringing total employment to over 1,900 people. The 2022 Farm Tech Conference in Edmonton, Alberta will go ahead and offer attendees a hybrid in-person and online model. The conference, January 25th and 26th, is expected to attract over 70 exhibitors, as well as 1,000 in-person and hundreds of virtual attendees. FarmTech will be complying with all safety protocols mandated by the province and the City of Edmonton.
If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. AgriPod was brought to you by Smart Nutrition Map Plus MST. Soil is your most powerful machine. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.